The force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. My powers have doubled since the last time we met Count. Hey! Suffering. Death, I fear. Something terrible has happened. Young Skywalker is in pain. Dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids we're looking for. Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? Hello there. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, Twi'leks, Mandalorians, Jedis, Siths, Clones, Wookiees, and yes, all you trans Doshans as well, because this is an inclusive podcast. Welcome to another edition of the not Nickelodeon. New Force Order for Life Podcast. We are a Star Wars podcast. If you have not realized that by now, you do yourself a favor. Grab an electrical object, fill up the bathtub full of water, and go take a nice bath with the electrical object in the bathtub and do the world a favor. Because you, Sunshine, yes, you, I'm talking to you right now. Put down the Cheetos with your orange penis and listen to this. You have no hope and no brains. And Doc, for those individuals who do not have hopes, what can they not do? They can't build rebellions. Why, Doc? Why? Because rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Rebellions are built on hope. Every week we do the same shit, and I still laugh. Tremendous. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Greek God Papadop. I am one-third of the hosts on this show. I am a professional wrestler, multi-time champion in a galaxy far, far away. Not, N-O-T, I repeat, not a citizen of Leg Slap City, because I am the mayor, the governor, the president, the overall emperor. Of real time. Most importantly, I am a Star Wars aficionado. And alongside with me, 
let me introduce the second guest, uh, second host, excuse me. He is a Sith Force ghost in the room. He likes to linger and lurk in the corners. He likes to watch, too. Hit him with a, hey, yo, and introduce yourself. Hey, yo. Ladies and gentlemen, I am the talk lord of the podcast, the Sith Ari, the rampaging Reverend Kiss, the butcher, the most disgruntled Star Wars fan in the galaxy, your boy Spiro. And last, but not least, it is the medical droid with the Kung Fu grip who has a PhD doctor degree in Thundernomics because he loves coming all over your girl. But more importantly, he loves, la, 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 I love you. He loves stealing your thunder. Introduce yourself there, Sunshine. I am apparently coming in your girl. Smarter than 21B, more technical than FX7, the god of stealing that thunder. And the man who's got more, who actually, who could whip out an output quicker than R2-D2, Dr. Destroyo, Alex Arroyo. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, I love you. The one thing that I want for you to know is that I love you. Did you hear me? I love you. Very nice, Doc, as usual. Well, folks, we're going to start off the show like we normally do on a good note with a segment that we like to call Marky Mark and his funky tweets because it's full of great sensation, sweet sensations, and good vibrations. That's right. Mark Hamill himself, a.k.a. Luke Skywalker, a.k.a. the heart and soul of Star Wars, the man that runs the fucking show. Is a wordsmith on Twitter. Then less than 140 characters, this individual captures the hearts of millions. And millions. He's with the millions of Star Wars fans and fans alike. And that's why he's an actor. So what we do is we go over a couple of his tweets, we bring it to your attention, we have a grand old time. And we do a little, little laughing, little. <laughs> so, you can follow him at Hamill himself on Twitter and Instagram. Tell him the at NFO underscore podcast center. So, Doc, at Uberfax tweeted, the original script for The Force Awakens opened with Luke Skywalker's severed hand floating through space, still holding his lightsaber. And then Hamill decides to chime in and respond. It says, fact checked. True. All in capital letters. As my hand hurled through the atmosphere, the stratosphere, the flesh and burn, or the flesh and bone burn away, and the lightsaber impales the surface of an unnamed planet. Just imagine, Doc. Had this sequence been retained, I would have had it booked. 
bookend cameos plus twice the screen time. Hashtag <laughs> ultimate trivial trivia. What a way to make a fucking light of a stupid situation. That would have been pretty funny because, like, you know, as we know, Star Wars is poetry, so it would have rhymed. It opened with a portion with Luke Skywalker and it ended with a portion of Luke Skywalker with the lightsaber flying somewhere. Exactly. Uh, recently, there was a lady named Chloe at Lights Lights a BR queen she goes to handle himself what's your favorite Star Wars meme and he posts a picture of Lisa Simpson in front of a whiteboard and it said Harrison Ford doesn't care about anyone's Star Wars opinions and neither should you and his reply was too many to choose just one favorite, but this pretty this is a pretty darn good one. And that was that was that was the caption. Your take, Doc? Uh, so I think that's a funny one because we all know how Harrison is very indifferent to the Star Wars universe and really doesn't care. It was begging to be killed off by Empire Strikes Back. But I think the his favorite one should be um, when Ray, you know, passes off his lightsaber to him at the end of A Force Awakens, and he goes, "There was a hand with this. Did you find the hand? Because that's my favorite Star Wars meme." Is it really? Of course, and that would have definitely bookend bookended what we just talked about uh, a tweet ago. Interesting. Speaking about tweets, by the way, you know, tweet tweet. Not, not to uh, take the shine off our our, our captain Mark Hamill, but uh, I got to give props and credit where credit is due, man. You're welcome. James T. Kirk. The T stands for. You know the T stands for, by the way, Papa Don. Thunder. No, it should, but it's Tiberius. It's the middle name. Really? Um, yes, it is. That's a cool name. Ninety-one-year-old uh, William Shatner ventured with Orion Blue to parts unknown for all of what uh, 15, 20 seconds. They shot him into fucking space with uh, Bezos's money, and they shot him back down. Um, and he described it as the the most the most important and most influential moment of his life. It's brought to tears this poor ninety-one-year-old man who literally was. Thursday at Comic-Con, which we'll talk about later, and motherfucking Sunday in outer space. It's like, bro, what a week. I mean, how could you beat that shit, right? So props, you know, he may not be in our universe, but he is in a universe. And he was in the universe for the most part. Um, William Shatner, 91 years old, getting his fat old ass over the space. My grandmother's 91 years old. She weighs like 74 pounds. We just had a shocker out of AFib a couple of fucking days ago because she was in the hospital. She's nowhere near looking like William Shatner. T I think TJ Hooker could, could still hit the top of a hood. And by hood, I mean the, uh, some Hispanic chick I met in the Bronx. Anyway, um, yeah, kudos to him, man. That's pretty cool. Even though he didn't really go into space. They, he did. They stayed, no, 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 no. They stayed in Earth's orbit. They went to the highest point in Earth's orbit as anyone could possibly go before they hit the Van Allen radiation belts, and all the radiation kills you. So it's a mystery how those guys in '69 did it, right? Anyhow, I digress. Another topic for another another podcast. Oh boy! But but again, he didn't fly into outer space. Just like Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story, they shot him up and he fell gracefully, just like Jeff Bezos. Why? But. Oh. But Jeff Bezos, being the Lex Luthor of this world, isn't 91 years old. So kudos to fucking Captain Kirk. And the best picture I saw 
two pictures I saw this week and I shared with you guys. And I sent it to John Enright and Demetrius Zoros from the Academy podcast. The first picture was all the people who went up with him. The other three people were wearing red shirts and he had a gold shirt. That's great. Amplify, impl, impl, implying that they're going to die because all red shirts die in fucking Star Trek. And the second one was, I guess after he landed, he was holding a piece of paper and it said, suck it, Picard. And I popped right. huge. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. You, you could also make that say suck it, Mark Hamill, because uh, he, he beat the both of them up there, which is How great. How dare you? How dare you? That's blasphemy. Don't you ever say that again on this fucking podcast. I think Mark Hamill should, you know, write in his will that he wants his body shot into outer space when he's dead. Make it happen. <laughs> Hey, why not? Well, listen, uh, Disney's shooting out some shit right now. Four new books. Did you hear about this? I did not. Which books are these? Is it more High Republic crap? I hope not. Um, no. Here's the first book. Star Wars Shadow of the Sith. Adam Christopher drops on June tw- is the author, and it drops on June 28th, 2022. The story is between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Luke and Lando go on a hunt looking for Exegol. 20 years after the Battle of Endor. Is Grogu in the book? Who knows? Uh, second one, Star Wars Brotherhood by Michael Chan. Drops, drops on May 10th, 2022. Kenobi and Anakin story on Karamodia. Remember when he says that time on Karamodia doesn't count? That sounds like an Italian restaurant. I don't know. In the, uh, Remember when they crash land? He, he crash land. He goes, I, I saved your butt once again. Yes. He goes, yeah, for the eighth time. He goes, ninth time. Whatever. He goes, no, 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 no. That time on Karamodia, whatever yeah. fucking doesn't count. So that's going to be a, a story. About time. Uh, Star Wars stories of Jedi and Sith. Ten authors. This drops on the 7th of June, 2022. New tales of Star Wars characters like Luke, Vader, Asaz, Ventress, etc. With illustrations as well. So that should be cool. And then Star Wars Padawan by Kristen White on July 26, 2022. Similar type of story um, with like Master and Apprentice. The story is um, with Kenobi and Qui-Gon. Oh, wait, no. Oh, similar Luke Master and Apprentice story. We don't know whose apprentice is. With Co- very similar to Kenobi and Qui Gon, if I wrote that down properly. So these books look interesting, but here's the problem: they're fucking books, man. <laughs> Nobody reads anymore. Listen, as much as I, I love I, to. Read. I must say, I must say, I finally, after be, reading it for six months, I finally finished a book like I, that I've been reading for six months. Um. And it's the only book I've read literally probably in the last like eight years. What book was that? It's a book by this guy named David Goggins, who is an ultra marathoner, ex Navy SEAL, ex Army Ranger, ex actually current uh, Woodland firefighter, who's an absolute fucking savage when it comes to training your mind to overcome the obstacles and the limitations of your body. Um, and it's called uh, Can't Hurt Me. It's I recommend it fabulous book if you really want to like put yourself on a different fucking playing field in your brain to see what this guy does and just try to do one tenth of what he does one one hundredth of what he does you will you will change your life you know what can't you know i can't feel pain anymore that's right because you're married i've been married too long i'm numb (laughs) (laughs) oh 
anyway. But yeah, books. That's the problem. You know, it's like, you know, who, who's, who's reading right now? At least give me an audio book that has some kind of fucking uh, but even you know, that excitement like, in it or something. Even an audio book. I mean, granted, you're gonna read an audio book maybe four hours, five hours, ten hours long. You're really gonna devote ten hours of your life to a fucking book? Long time. You know what I mean? Like fucking make an animated short. Listen, you know, I've do, I do, I do, I've uh, you know, dedicated a bunch of time to a fucking podcast in my life. So why not do a book? Yeah, but this podcast gives you back love. And affection. Yes, yeah, so so much love from the fans. Yeah, all six of them. They take turns jiggling your. Uh... Anyway, did you know how uh, why uh, the Roger Roger robots, aka the battle droids, uh, got more ridiculous as the prequels went along? Because uh, George started losing his fucking marbles during the time that he was doing it. Okay, next story. Um... No, this is a good story to talk about. <laughs> I think I, 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 I think it's worth it. All right. So in in, in episode um, one, we see the battle droids have a little more of a brain, and they're actually a little, you know, they they're able to organize themselves together and 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 do things that seem to be somewhat intelligent and not just you know are fodder for the Gungans and the Jedi. But as we see them go across movies to episode two, three, Clone Wars, they become more and more kind of comedy relief and are destroyed easily. And and the reasoning behind that George gave himself was that you know the Trade Federation was running out of money and they didn't pay to upgrade the processing and the processor of the battle droids so they become stupider and stupider as time got by because they needed more and more droids and they weren't able to pay that bill it's like uh that part in fucking coming to america your rent's too motherfucker don't be pulling that phone down the stairs shit with me Stu. hey Stu. Your rent's due, motherfucker. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Are you conscious? Shoot. Anyhow. Exactly. Um, Put that again, um, not a very exciting um, explanation, but whatever. Well, you know what is exciting? Obi-Wan Kenobi. Never heard of him. Set report details Darth Vader face-off. What? Not... John Travolta, Nicolas Cage face off. Great movie. Eh. It's I liked it, but the story wasn't there. But anyhow, this is what this article entails. Listen to this doc. I'm you're listening. Gonna, you're, uh, gonna I can't cream, you're gonna cream in your pants. Oh, uh, hold on. Let me get the. Let me, speaking of cream, let, let me just get out the uh, the old. Uh... Nice. Uh, tremendous. The rumored description of the scene comes courtesy of the site Making Star Wars, which has described the Obi-Wan Kenobi introduced in a series as very much the master, master, master in the series. According to the site, the change in direction Obi-Wan takes after this story is why he allows his powers to fade. Your powers are weak, old man. Your power's a weak old man. Uh, put that in. In this series, we're getting peak Obi-Wan Kenobi. So far, so exciting. The report claims to have been privy to the general storyline. Right? Uh, the general storyline that will begin the Star Wars series. Stating that Obi-Wan Kenobi is dispatched to a planet to on, on a rescue mission. The prisoner is said to be very important. 
and many are speculating it's a, a young Princess Leia. So important, in fact, that the prisoner are, is being held by none other than Darth Vader. No, no the Inquisitors. Inquisitor, the black lady from Queen's Gambit. Moses yes. Ingram. Yes, you just stole the next sentence. Stole the thunder. Great. It also, it is, it is also this mission that puts Obi Wan on Darth Vader's radar. On Vader's radar. Yeah, Vader's radar. That sounds so dirty. Um, the series take the the series then takes us to Mustafar, where Darth Vader rises from his throne and hurriedly walks to his ship's hangar to intercept his old master. Obi-Wan is described as wearing his clothes from Revenge of the Sith for the fight, or damn near close enough. The white tunic, no robe, which results in the beloved Jedi Master looking like an aging gunslinger. His swagger remains the same as it ever was. When Kenobi walks out onto the dirt field, this is the guy that said Sith Lords are his speciality. This is where the fun begins. As Vader enters the fray in a costume which the report calls pretty much identical to the one used in Rogue One. Then comes to a moment that's sure to be one of the series highlight as Obi-Wan realizes that exactly who the monster in the suit is. The, the description continues saying Kenobi resolves, resolve is strong and his face is so focused on the threat ahead. Darth Vader walks towards Kenobi, ready to engage him. And this is when the two finally face off. While the de details of the fight itself are brief, simply revealing an initial force push from uh, from Kenobi onto Vader. Vader goes flying like 50 feet. Vader slowly gets up, advances towards his moment of revenge. The build-up alone sounds like it was already you have uh, all Star Wars fa uh, fans squealing with glee, with Hayden Christensen also excited. What do you have to say about that? Uh, sounds good. Can we trust it, though, is the question. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Doc, it's on the internet. Yeah, it's I true. Know. That'll be true, clearly. Um, at this point, anybody can write anything, and it's, you know, a news outlet will pick it up, and Mike Zero will fucking kick it or some other bullshit, but whatever. All I know is that I went to Comic-Con this week, okay, dressed as Obi-Wan Kenobi, actually dressed as the ghost of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Which was dope. That everybody, everybody popped for, by the way. Because, you know, they saw my children. My daughter was dressed as Rey. From, uh, from uh, Rise of Skywalker. My son was dressed as uh, Empire Strikes Back Luke Skywalker. His costume was spot on. It's on eBay right now if anyone wants to buy it. Um, and my wife was dressed as Padme Amidala. Of course she was. And you know, I had I had unfortunately I had to I had to force myself to buy a shitty Jedi costume off of Amazon because the Luke Skywalker costume that I had ordered from China didn't come in time. Still not here, which is great. It's lost somewhere in the mail. Um, so I had to pivot and do that. But I was like, you know what? Let me just spice it up a little bit. My nanny sewed me the sheer blue fucking. Uh, Can you say that again. My nanny sewed me the sheer blue, uh, you know, robe to put over me, and I was the ghost of Obi Wan. So people would see me, and they would look at me. They were like, uh, I don't. Get it? Because it was hard to see the the um the Jedi robe underneath it. Then they would look at the kids and look at my wife and then look ahead. at me again and they'd be like, Oh, I get it now. That's brilliant. And my wife was like, This is such a dumb idea. And I'm like, and anybody who's like, Shut up, go make a sandwich and shut your exactly. mouth, buddy. 
Everybody that was like, that's so fucking smart. That's so, I was like, tell my wife. She's right behind me. Tell her. Tell her what you just said. And they would, which was great. So everybody nice. popped for Ghost of Obi-Wan Kenobi. The only person who doesn't pop for Obi-Wan is fucking Shane Helms. But, uh, what's up with that? What's up with that, right? Uh, an article on Yahoo.com Entertainment. They interview Kumail Nanjiani. God bless you. You're welcome. Um, on his role in Kenobi. Now, he is known from being on Succession and also the Indian actor who got jacked recently to go play in Eternals. But they ask him this. How did your role in Obi-Wan come about? And he goes, my agents called me and it was the whole group of them that never call you. And I was like, okay, this is either amazing news or really awful news. And they're like, they want you to play a part in Obi-Wan. And apparently it's substantial. So then I talked to the director, a.k.a. Deborah Chow. And we had a great conversation. And the yeah. character... Pow wow with Chow. Uh, I was so excited about this character. She, she said that I had a great conversation. The character sounded awesome. I was so excited about this character. We haven't seen this exact thing in Star Wars yet. This is like a new version of a type of Star Wars character we've seen before. And she was trying to sell me on it. And I was like, I was going to do it before the conversation. It was kind of perfect. Right after quarantine, I got to do a job in town. And it was Star Wars? It was just the most joyful first job back possible. <laughs> I didn't know how I could beat that experience I've had, which is Marvel movie with Chloe Zhao, who is amazing and maybe the greatest cast ever assembled. And then have Obi-Wan as the next thing with another really fantastic cast. Ewan McGregor? Really? I don't know where I go from there. Laughs. <laughs> yeah, and that, so that dude, that dude is living his best life right now. Yes. And so I decided to walk into the middle of the woods. What was it like on set? They asked him. And kill himself in the middle of the woods. What was he walking in the woods for? Go check off. Uh, what was it like on set? They asked him. I had this moment. I heard Ewan McGregor was super nice. Uh, and then we got to know each other a little bit, just hanging out and talking. Then there was this weird moment where I'm talking to you. He blew me. Yeah. And they were like, action. And he started talking to me. And I was like, oh, I'm talking to Obi-Wan Kenobi right now. This is not Ewan McGregor. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi that I'm talking to. My character is supposed to be a little bit intimidated by him. And I was a little bit intimidated, you know? It's fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> what are you going to do? Now, the show shot a lot, of, a lot on the volume, which is the remarkable virtual set also used in The Mandalorian, where the CGI is happening all around you at real time. How did that affect things for you? Now, uh, the actor says, this really feels like you're there. The first scene we shot, it was a Star Wars outside the windows with aliens walking around and ships flying by and all this stuff. But the rest of it just looked like a warehouse. So I did a couple of takes. And then Ewan was like, you know, none of this is real. I knew the windows weren't real. But the walls weren't either. I looked and I was like, wow. The walls are projected? The only <laughs> thing that was real in the whole room was the desk I was sitting at. It was wild. It was really, really exciting. I love shooting like that because you don't have to pretend that you're on a spaceship flying through space. It really feels like you're in a spaceship flying through space. And it's amazing to be inside the world of Star Wars, the world that I've been watching since I was born. 
I've been a fan as long as I can remember. In fact, I went to Disneyland, I went to Star Wars World, and I was like, oh, this kind of feels like being at work. That last line, he overdid it. But that's awesome. Uh, you know, for me to see, for, for both of us, I think, to see a dude who is um, not only a pretty good actor, you know, he's you know, he's decided to change his life by getting absolutely, by taking advantage of the Marvel superhero fucking diet and training thing to get jacked up. Juice. Um, the, yeah, with the juice, exactly. Beet juice. Um, and um, Orange for, juice. Him, for him to, to mark out. Apple juice. About doing this, Mango I, think, juice. I think it's pretty cool because Peach you, juice. because you know if this happens to any one of us, we'd also mark the fuck out too. So Uchi coochie juice, that works too. <laughs> Jesus juice, jungle juice, whatever. whatever else you want. Uh, all right, here's a here's a little thing for Spiro. Spiro, give us your intake because we don't give a shit about this stuff. Star Wars: The Old Republic now has some new combat styles for players to test. In its servers. Let me know what you think. I think it's amazing that the old Republic MMORPG is still running, man. I think it's, you know, but it's a testament to the fandom, bro. You know, it's a testament of, of how much we love fucking Star Wars. I don't give a fuck about what they say about Trekkies or what the fuck they say about Harry Potter and all that and all these other you know, franchises or properties that have, like, sort of that following, you know, like a Star Wars. Those are the ones that come close. Uh, but there's no other fandom quite like Star Wars, quite as passionate as Star Wars. Um, and the fact that, you know, you got other games like World of Warcraft that I believe have uh, are fucking done and buried they're not even running anymore. The fact that that this game that a lot of people really didn't give it a fucking chance to last this long. And Bioware's been fucking busy, man. They've been very busy working on other games, other properties. But this is the one this is the one that's still here. This is the one that um, you know, fans keep going back to. You know what I'm saying? And uh, a lot of people are rediscovering it. I myself haven't played in a while. I want to say it's been over a whole year, I think. But uh, a lot of fans are, are, have, have been coming back to it. And now they have another reason to come back to it. I haven't had a chance to to check out what, what's been going on. But they're testing out a new combat system. And that's actually huge. I mean, you know... After ten years, they're they're still trying to revamp this thing, and they're still, you know, listen, man, it's a great game. It's got a great storyline. You know, you pretty much, as you progress, you learn the history of the old Republic, whether it's you know, the uh, the the Rakatan Empire, the fucking Darth Malgus, and and his quest to to become the fucking one true Sith Emperor, uh, Revan's story, whatever, man. You know, the old Republic is a game where even if you're not a gamer, but you're interested in experiencing and learning about the history of the old Republic, 
And again, we don't know what's canon and what's not canon, but it's it's something that you play through and you learn so much about that era of Star Wars. Um, but I don't know, man. Uh, you know, when you update this game, it normally takes forever. Uh, so I don't know if I'm ever going to get a chance, whether it's time or whether it's just the fact that I don't want to fucking put my computer through God knows like a whole day of fucking updates, whatever. I don't know, but, uh, it's, it's an exciting time for gaming fans, especially for gaming fans who are Star Wars fans. So, you know, if it's not the old Republic MMORPG with its revamped, um, fighting system, there's, there's other games coming out, you know, it's a exciting time, man. That was great, Spiro. Thank you. Mortal Kombat. Wrong combat. My bad. (laughs) My bad. My bad, guys. Did you know, Doc, the Force Awakens prequel story incorporated Ryan Johnson's ideas? Boy, don't tell Spiro this shit. Uh, According to that fucking idiot, Pablo Hidalgo, from Lucasfilm Story Group, he reveals that the tie-ins to building up to Star Wars The Force Awakens were also shaped by The Last Jedi's Ryan Johnson. So what am I talking about? It's very simple. Um, someone tweeted, Triple N is... Uh, I don't know what the fuck. Whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm not putting the kid over. I heard a while ago that Ryan... Speaking of over! I heard a while ago that Ryan Johnson had some ideas for Bloodline. I'm, assu- I'm assuming... I'm assuming this is related to that. And then Pablo responds, yep, he had sketched out what we thought happened between uh, 6 and 7, and part of that became the basis for Bloodline. So, real quick, Spirit, what's your thought on Ryan Johnson and Kathleen Kennedy? Fuck Kathleen Kennedy. Fuck Ryan Johnson. Neither of them should ever be involved with Star Wars ever again. And if that happens, I'm going to march my ass right up to the front doors of Disney. I'm going to kick down the doors and I'm going to lay the smack of down on both the candy asses. Never gets old. Doc, what's your take on this? That Ryan Johnson had some implementation on... on... Well, you... you... You would have to assume that they had an idea of who was going to direct the trilogies when they came out. So they probably had one, you know, they knew JJ was doing and they knew Ryan was doing too. So my my guess is that he was in obviously writers meetings and pitch ideas. Bloodline Bloodline is a prequel to Force Awakens. Yeah. And he had a part in dealing with that. Yes, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, so I'm saying that they all were, you know, prior to doing all this shit, probably all together, sketching stuff out and whatever he threw out there was fucking part of that nonsense. It's Ryan Johnson. At yeah, point, but it's also. But it, you don't think this contradicts what was said initially? That, like, How they, that they never had an idea? Yeah. Originally, they, they they said that they loved each other's scripts. Then they said that they didn't know what was going on, and then JJ comes out and says that no one spoke to each other, and there was no fucking set plan. And now they're saying that Ryan Johnson came out and did fucking this before the prequel trilogy that led into the fucking Bloodline novel, which tied into Force Awakens. I, I don't buy a thing they're all saying. So Man, they're all full of shit. Exactly. It's all about the fucking gimmick. They're all carnies. Bunch of Fonz of fucking newts, huh? Fonz of, what's a Fonz of newt, pup? Fonz of newt is a guy who takes a bath and farts in the bath and tries to bite the fucking bubbles. 
<laughs> Doc, Return of the Jedi is one of your favorite films, correct? Oh, sure. How do you think they can make it better, if if that's possible? How do they think they can make it better? So I have two ways how they can make it better. Two but. ways they can make it better. Okay, first way is to remove the motherfucking Ewoks, um, which I think would which which definitely help as well. Um, second way is um, uh, I don't know. Um, show the Emperor watching Leia change naked. No. No. My two ways to make it better. And one is. Get rid of the Ewoks, bring back Wookiees, like initially planned. Second thing, but, but then, but then you would have to not have them in in the the prequel. So you you get someone else. Who gives a fuck? Um, second thing is, you don't fucking have a Death Star. You have a fleet of fucking Death Stars, like in the Rise of Skywalker, which was coincidentally being built at the same time as the fucking Death Star that was being built. Go figure, right? Yeah. Anyhow. Talk about shitting in someone's hat. Um, but that's it. I wouldn't have had another Death Star. I would have had like a big ship, like Snoke's ship with like a fucking Death Star laser on it or a whole fleet of fucking Imperial ships with like a Death Star laser gun. I gotta you be know? honest. I gotta be honest. I never, I never minded the second Death Star. I really didn't. I don't know. I, I, th- I think if, you know, my planet world destroying machine got des- destroyed... And I had the plans lying around, and I had the dough. But like, you know, I'll make another one. Fuck it. Fuck these guys. We'll make another one. Fuck your couch, Charlie Murphy. Fuck your couch, Charlie Murphy. I'm making you another one. Right. Look, bitch, I'm Rick James. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I stretch out? <laughs> Fuck your couch, nigga. Nice. Anyway, how can we make it better? Yes. Uh, elaborate on where I'm, where I'm going with this. Elaborate. So... The uh, radio drama, because if, if if you kids don't know, you know a thing called the radio. Back in back in my day, kid, um, seventy seven, seventy nine, eighty three, eighty, whatever it was, they uh, produced radio dramas for you kids who couldn't pop in your you know your Netflix account and watch uh, streaming services of uh, Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back and Star Wars. We had a you know it, it, when it fell out of favor at the movie theater. Either you had to find some driving that was you still real in it, or you had to just you know jerk off to your imagination. So they did the radio drama, which basically kind of told the story, but at times expanded on specific things that had happened there because they needed a little more, a little more meat in the bone because the radio dramas usually were serialized as they were back in the fifties um, over a certain period of time. So you would get specific episodes that week, which was, you know, 45 minutes, half hour, an hour, depending on what it was. And you would go through the script and they would act stuff out. Um, and they kind of, uh, helped to flesh out a little more scenes. And one of the scenes that I remember the top of my head, was Luke building his lightsaber, um, and how he got that crystal. And apparently he was doing it, uh, prior to attacking the Jabba, the Jabba palace scene at the beginning where he, he finally built his green lightsaber. Um, which finally enough, we, we, we kind of know the background is not the reason why he has a green lightsaber. The reason why he has a green lightsaber is because it was really difficult to pick up the blue lightsaber behind the blue background of the sky in Tatooine. So they said, you know what, we need a different color and they just changed it on the fly, which kind of, you know, changed the history of star Wars by one little accident there. Um, there were a few other things popping. You had the article up over there. What do you, what do you got there for the other crap that was uh, different? Uh, expanded. Tat- Tatooine's escape, Vader's redemption, 
And uh, the acknowledgement of legends, because Mara Jade was there. Uh, Vader's, okay, Vader's escape, right? There was some more dialogue. Tatooine's escape. Oh, so Vader's redemption. There was some more dialogue between Vader and the Sorry, I saw the video clip you just sent me. Uh, Yeah, it was a good one. Pop. Um, There was some dialogue between the Emperor and Vader about, I can't remember exactly what they said, but there was some um, specific things about the, their relationship together and what they were doing with each other or some shit from over there. I don't know. You have it up there? I don't remember. I read it like three fucking days ago. He, he, I think basically he's told his, Vader after, you know, tell your sister you were right, that he was proud of the person that uh, Skywalker That's was. That's right. I'm proud of you, son. You know, you became a great person, a great man or whatever. Some more dialogue to make it more mushy-mushy. And uh, that was basically it in a, in a nutshell. And then the uh, the first one was the Tatooine escape. Yeah, how they get left after supposedly after they blew up Jabba's barge that uh, there was a blockade on the planet from the Empire because the Empire realized that someone might be going there to save Han, which they could still probably still do because at the end of the Bounty Hunter uh, series that they're doing in the comics, they could probably use this. Who knows? But. Um, I didn't get into t- detail how they got through. Something happened. Some bullshit yeah. happened. And well, the also, acknowledgement of Mara Jade. Yeah, there was some talk about you know the Emperor's hand and blah blah blah, which was interesting because she she wasn't even developed That's as a, as, as, a as a character at that point. She was still you know she wasn't off Timothy's on's desk. So I don't know if they were you know alluding saying, to someone who could they were saying that be she her. was undercover in Jabba's palace. Yeah, which yeah, ties yeah. into how Me she so, yeah how they how she, they mentioned that in the Timothy Zahn. Add to the Empire thing. Um, whatever. Um, it, 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 this has always been a good thing. This, is, it, this has happened with the Star Wars radio drama and also the ESB one. But they give you a little bit more to the, uh, to the story. Good on you, yeah. kid. Yeah, but when they do shit like that, even like in the novelization and stuff like that, it makes you wonder, like, if it's a good idea, like, Come on, yeah. man. What the fuck? You couldn't have Why this... didn't you put it in there? Exactly. I just never understood this. Just never time. Understood. It's time. It's hitting the cutting room floor and all that bullshit. So, whatever. Oh, but we can get fucking. Oh, God. All right. Uh, your wet dream and my wet dream. Maybe not what? Win. Cool. <laughs> uh, recently stated on Instagram. That she did a promo uh, for uh, the book of Bubba Fett while being in Mexico. Promo for my bedroom. She did. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, uh, baby. Uh, people are assuming that this is something that may be popping up on Disney Plus Day. Yeah, someone's gonna pop up on Disney Plus Day. Make not one there. Let me tell you. Uh, me love you long time. They're saying that it's uh, either maybe a scissor reel. <laughs> Southern brother pack too much meat. <laughs> uh, they're saying that uh, during Disney Plus Day, this might be a sizzle reel or a mini documentary of some sort. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, what, we want to take a guess what they shot as far uh, as being hope, a hopefully it's a porno movie with Ming Wen because I'm paying a lot of money for Disney Plus for that. Nice, very nice. Um, success. Uh, let's see what else. What else came out? Uh, Star Wars saying that they might have a prequel problem. So, do you think they have a problem? A prequel problem? What does that even mean? 
So here, this is what the article goes from Screen Rant, and they're saying yeah. shows like The Book of Boba Fett uh, prove Disney hasn't committed to Star to a Star Wars era. New Star Wars projects either need to build up to the sequels or succeed them. Disney's focus on the immediate post-Return of the Jedi era seems like an attempt to fix some of the sequel trilogy's strangest potholes. New titles have been connected to the sequels in a way to service their own plot. They can do plenty of world building and tell standalone stories, but they shouldn't focus on things that haven't happened yet. That was his opinion. What's yours? Um, I don't know. I think Star Wars is ubiquitous, and I think they can do they can go and do whatever. Whoa, they whoa, whoa, do. whoa! What was that? Ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. Yes. Look at that! Look at the brains on the doctor. You know that's that's why I'm here, baby. Um, and I think they can kind of do whatever they want to do. If they want to tell a new story, that's great. If they want to go back and flesh out some old stuff and connect some stuff, they could do that too. But uh, I would hate to limit it to to one era and one thing, just because I, I don't think we need to do that. And I think the Mandalorian is living proof that we can dip out of the, you know, the the normal Star Wars mold and tell good stories. I 100% agree with you. It's a big galaxy. It's been a long time coming, so... And remember, we, we know we talked about this a few years ago, where they said, Disney said, oh, you know, we're going to stop with all this Jedi and Sith bullshit. How'd that do for them? Yep. You know, few, that's, few th- where the money is. It's like we're 83. I'm like, you know what? We're taking Hulk Hogan off TV. Nah, yeah, it ain't happening. Uh, so here's a couple things. One is a dude who built a real life-size X-Wing. You see the article, the videos? I didn't. I did. I missed that one. All right. Really, really cool. Two. Um, I just had a fucking CTE moment. Hold on. Uh, two, Daisy Ridley met with Kathleen Kennedy and had lunch. So people are now running around talking about that she's coming back to Star Wars. Well, that just makes sense. I mean, you know, we, we've talked about in the past how she is the face that runs the place when it comes to uh, the trilogy, you know, the new trilogy. And for them to, to, to leave her story completely upended and not continue, it makes really no sense when they sunk so much money into her. So. If she doesn't come back, it's almost a disservice to her character and, and their trilogy. And there's another thing going on now. There's a rumor going afoot that uh, there's a new Star Wars series, uh, live action series coming out about a bounty hunter, female bounty hunter, who's force sensitive. Mm. And many are, are speculating that it might be a grown up Omega. Oh, that would be kind of weird. But okay. I don't know. Do you really think she needs to be force sensitive? I don't think so. But nope. just she, if it's tw- if it's twenty twenty one, she could just be sensitive. <laughs> Speaking about sensitive, did you watch the Dave Chappelle show? The uh, not the- yet. Oh, it's so good, dude. You're going to laugh so fucking hard. Yeah, good. You know what I started watching? Um, you're going to love this. Watch this with your wife, dude. It's on Hulu. Uh, only Murderers in the Building. Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. I'm watching Wu-Tang, an American saga. Yeah, I'm going to binge that. Um, season one was awesome. Um, the uh, the Only Murderers in the Buildings with Steve Martin. Uh, oh, Mar- yeah, yeah. Martin I Short and that, Selena yeah. Gomez. Really fucking good, Doc. Really good. Like, addicting good. Really good. Anyway, 
You know, Star Wars likes their trilogies, right? I do know they like their trilogies. Good things come in three, right? Uh, yeah, like, you know, chicks in my bed. Nice. You've ever had a threesome before, Doc? Uh, I have not, unfortunately. I like how you don't incriminate yourself. Very uh, smart. Ah. <laughs> I had a threesome last night for the first time. Yeah? Yes. Two people didn't show? Exactly. I had two yeah. no-shows, but I had a great time. Anyway, Star Wars loves its trilogy. The movies obviously are trilogies. But now Marvel Comics prepares to publish the end of its line-wide Star Wars event. You ever hear that word before, line-wide? Line-wise, it's uh, across the lines. Yeah, no, but you, but do you ever you, you actually seen it before in, in writing? Like never, I've never heard never, that word. Never. never. All right, line-wide Star Wars event, War of the Bounty Hunters, as well as the tease right now of Crimson Rain as another line-wide event introducing the Crimson Dawn to the space between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. It is also planning the third line-wide event to act as a cap on the other two. And this is going to be called The Hidden Empire. Little is known about it, um, but it's going to be coming out sometimes in 2022. What do you think? Hidden Empire. What can it mean? Mm, that there's an empire that's hidden. During like the, the time of the empire? Already. Like the Sith Empire that we had, the Sith fucking, uh, whatever, I don't know. So a secret society within the Empire? Yeah, the uh, Skull and Bones. Listen, they just gotta, they just tell fucking stories, please. Let's not go fucking crazy and go all over the place. Just let Favreau and Filoni run everything. Let's not do any stupid shit. Can the High Republic. Give me back Luke Skywalker, and let's keep fucking rolling with, with the OT trilogy characters. Like Lando? Like Lando. I'll take Lando any day of the week. I heard that about you. That handsome uh, bastard. Hey, well, what do we have here? Uh, Star Wars number 17, dude. Finally gives Lando fans closure on a major relationship. Ooh. Lando with Lando finally talks to L337. Oh, his ex-girl over there, huh? Yes, his former female uh, droid co-pilot who was merged into the Millennium Falcon systems as seen in Star Wars, a solo story. Great movie. In the issue, Lando volunteers to repair the Falcon, despite energy surges putting his life at risk. While fixing the engines, he apologizes to L3 for losing the Falcon as Solo and her with it. He explains that he changed and that people depend on him now, asking her to keep a deadly surge at bay. Thankfully, the repairs are made and L3 apparently forgives Lando. At least long enough to spare his life. I can see him in the back. Listen, I'm just going to stick my finger in this little slide port over here. And we'll talk about... That never happened. That never happened. uh, Your thermal exhaust port is getting a little warm, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Pouring, 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 45 in the hole. So, what do you think? Yay or nay? Whatever, it's kind of silly, but you know, this I, I always thought this whole relationship between him and the droid, where it was you know, alluding to sexual, was kind of a little weird. But what- see, the, in the movie, they didn't allude to it at all, right? When well, I watched, I, I think they kind of like you know they they skirted around a little bit. They so they 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 had this relationship which was 
somewhat strange. You know, she was yelling at him, and they, you know, to the point where your where your girlfriend or your wife would do the same shit to you. Yeah, um, but but the thing to me, to me, look, look, it's Lando. He's a fucking ladies' man, right? The fact that they made him this fucking pansexual, or after the fact that uh, Kazan's son said he's a pansexual, why does it have to be sexual? Like, why do we have to incorporate sex into everything nowadays? Who gives a fuck about a character and his sexuality? We're not buying the book or reading a fucking comic book or watching a movie or a TV show because the character has a certain sexual preference. We're watching the media or reading the media to entertain ourselves. That's it. The fact that they have to sexualize everything and put sex in everything is disgusting. Because at the same time, this also adheres to children. And maybe I'm very conservative in my old school ways. But at the same time, we grew up watching Star Wars. There was no talk about sex in Star Wars. Hell, brothers and sisters kissed each other. And it wasn't never discussed like it never happened. You know what I mean? We don't talk about that over here. But now, every, like, like now, Superman's son is bisexual. And everyone's making a big deal. Who gives a fuck? It's not real. Like... But at the same time, why even why even encompass it? Like, why add sexuality to the story? I mean, yeah. am I? I don't know. It's just me. No, or... no, I, I, I'm with you. Look, you know, I think the big issue is if suddenly a character who has never been known to do that makes this massive pivot for no apparent reason. Why? Like, if you want to do that and if you want to build that up, then make a new character that walks in the door and says, "Hey, you know, I like uh, boys and girls," or I like. I don't know, fucking sheeps that bleep and whatever. Uh, it's, it's just, it's odd to do that to characters that have been established and you know for many many years. So things happen, like you know, I have a cousin who was a chick and she's a very like dainty looking woman and she was always with guys and guys always like fucked her over and then suddenly, one of my other cousin's friends starts hitting on her who's a chick and she's not cool with the advances and then all of a sudden they're scissoring each other until the cows come home so she's a lesbian now i don't know okay whatever she was never a lesbian before now she's a lesbian so things happen people change i get it and i understand that you try to make it as real as possible into the real world for this stuff and i don't know it's like i'm at the point in my life where i'm like who fucking cares whatever i don't give a shit it's irrelevant. Superman's son wants to suck a cock. Okay, sure, no problem. Tim Drake now is blowing dudes and banging chicks. Whatever you want to do, Tim Drake. It's like, okay, uh, I don't know. Who the fuck hey, knows? Thanks, Spiro. I'm defeated. Was... I'm defeated. Thanks, Spiro. That was great, yeah. Spiro. <laughs> I know. That, that was a Spiro rant. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, as long as I, I, I didn't wonder about fighting a shark. <laughs> Fucking Spiro turns into Aquaman. Yeah. He's like the the Greek the Greek Jason uh Jason that which is it Jason Momoa. Yeah, guys, guys, listen, I, we're referring to this. I had opened up Spiro's one of Spiro's excuse me podcasts from like September where he just kind of went on a rant on the Rational Rage Network, and he talked about um well he's at a beach on a vacation with his with his family and some girl was in the water and there was a shark and he's screaming at the lady shark 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 and he was ready to about to jump in. His wife was like, what are you doing? Don't be fucking stupid. And he said, you know, I always wondered how I would do if I had to fight a shark, which I popped for. It was great. Uh, <laughs> give, it a, give it a listen, all you three that people. That shark would fucking turn him into fucking Barry Horowitz in like yeah. seven seconds, bro. 
It was really funny. <laughs> All right, let's get back on track here. Listen, uh, Mandalorian season three started filming. It's been filming, but uh, recently Carl Weathers took to Twitter and he confirmed that his filming started on October 13th. So they're rocking and rolling. What's your let's take? Good. Let's let's get this shit done. You know, there's a lot of rumors about uh, what's his name, uh, Paco or Pablo or um, Pedro. Pedro. There you go. I knew it was a piece. Hispanic name. Uh, not being on the set, we talked about it last week. Um, and again, do we really need him? He could do voiceovers whenever because the other two dudes, the karate go- the dude and the John Wayne grandson kid, is uh, mostly the ones who are doing the stunts in the suit. So um, let's get it rolling. You know, they they said what they're thinking. Maybe it's going to debut. In May of 2022? No. Past that? They said Q3 or Q4 of 2022. Q3, whoa, that's going to be first. So probably this, probably December of, of 2022. So Probably. Oh, I would yeah. imagine so because you have, I'm thinking. And or Obi-Wan Kenobi, Book of Boba Fett. No, we're wrong way. Well, yeah, well, I was throwing them out there. So. Okay, gotcha. Uh, but there, there's talks of maybe production shutting down for like 90 days. Um, and, and the reason why is there's, there's a big controversy going on with uh the union of the international your new union the international alliance of theatrical stage and employees the itza e-i-a it's made it's a made of a bunch of assholes are going to prevent me from watching my star wars now i-a-t-s-e um they're trying to get into negotiations now with the alliances of motion pictures and television producers over a variety of different work-related contractual points like meal breaks weekend breaks and of course higher wages uh so if this strike happens they're going to cease production on all these shows and all these movies for until they they work things out so there's talks that these guys might be down and out for like three months so this might get even pushed back even further we might not see this to 2023 now uh, I'm just glad they got past all the COVID bullshit and they figured out all the protocols to, to, to deal with that when it comes to filming. But this is the usual, you know, we've had strikes before that have stopped production of a lot of different, you know, Hollywood movies and TV shows. And it sucked. I mean, there's been, you know, this dead zone of stuff that's happened because of this. Um, and not that we don't have an abundance of things to catch up on and to watch, but I still think it would suck if, if it, if this is the cause of stuff getting pushed back further in the Star Wars universe. No, absolutely. And remember, or people in any, out, or in any universe, of course. And remember, all you people out there, make sure you get your vaccines and you guys get vaccinated. Because God forbid, you actually get your vaccine against this virus that we're dealing with, and somebody who's not vaccinated gives you the virus that you got the vaccine for that says that we weren't going to get it, and you got sick from somebody who didn't have the vaccine, but you have the vaccine. God forbid. Oh, anyhow, back to our regularly scheduled program and some logic and reasoning. Papa Don's views don't express the other views of the other hosts. Of the no, podcast. we're all entitled to our own personal views. But you know what? If you're going to have a vaccine, have a vaccine. And to all those people out there, uh, just use your head. Wash your hands. Wash your ass. Go to the gym. Eat healthy and you'll be fine. Anyway, there's a book that just came out. Meh, keep going. And this is fueling some theories and speculations and sexual Nintendo's doc I think you might like. Mandalorian Season 3. New Star Wars book fuels a surprising Darth Vader Darth Vader theory. Star Wars Secrets of the Sith, which hits shelves on October 11th, 
serves as a follow-up to Secrets of the Jedi, published in November of 2019. On the same day, Mandalorian premiered. Now, the book, one of the aspects of the Secret of the Sith, they talk about the Force Dyad. Now, here it goes. As posted on Reddit, on Reddit, the entry in the book Star Wars Secret of the Sith reads, and in quotes, members of a dyad were believed to be capable of transferring their life force to heal others. Mm. It's easy to forget the first time we saw this force healing on screen. It was in episode seven of The Mandalorian's first season when Grogu used his force healing powers to cure Grief Karga. Now, two days later, episode nine comes out and they stole that thunder like you steal my thunder because they had Ray and Kylo with their dyad and their force healing and all that stuff. Yep. Now, with the secret of the Sith revealing that only members of the fourth dyads can force heal, it seems to confirm a long-held fan theory that Grogu is a member of a force dyad himself. Now, not from a Jedi. <laughs> Put that in, please. Not from a Jedi. If a Gro if Grogu is a Force Dyad, then who is his other half? Bum, 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 bum. Okay, so well, the you know the, the the running theory is that it has to oh, be someone okay. who was born at the same about the same time as that other person in the Force Dyad was. And if we go back fifty years from the Mandalorian, which person was that? Anakin. Yes. Is Anakin a Force Dyad with Grogu? That's what they're saying. They're saying that uh, coincidences in Star Wars universes are as rare as slip and slides on Tatooine. <laughs> which, is a, <laughs> which is a fucking great reference. Um, if Grogu is in fact one half of a Force Dyad with Anakin, it could explain why Grogu's, memory, why Grogu's memories are foggy. You would be confused too if the companion of your soul bonded to you suddenly passed away. Going forward, this has enormous implications for the Mandalorian. Tying Anakin to Grogu is certainly a lot more important than now that Grogu is in the care of Luke, Anakin's son. As Luke Skywalker explores Grogu's past, he may discover some previously unknown information about his estranged father. Though it may not seem like much, this one sentence from Star Wars, Secrets of the Sith, may have unlocked another opportunity to see Darth Vader on the screen. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> maybe Luke tries to figure out stuff, finds out stuff about his dad, and he gets that memory of Padme saying, we can have sex tonight, but I'm not granting you the rank of master. master. <laughs> that would be great. No, that's not possible. So what's your take on this? Hogwash or what? Uh, I think it's hogwash. I mean, uh, have we I really mean, it's in print. It's in the book, you know, that only... Siths can fucking do this. I mean, I mean, dyads can only do this. I mean, dyads. Yeah, it's in the Sith book. So, uh, what's it? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I think sometimes Disney, you know, is is doesn't really fact check all the shit that they're doing, and they just throw stuff out the fucking wall to see what happens. So, I, I can't imagine that you know deep down somewhere, some fucking writer nerd was like, oh, you know, what would be a great idea. Let's link fucking Anakin and Grogu. I just think it's it's just bullshit. But that's just me. Okay, well, a couple things. One, 
Kylo is older than Ray, but like what, ten years? No, really? They're not the same age. Well, I don't think it's ten years. My guess is probably a lot less than that. Five, if anything. Maybe six. Oh, I was rounding up. I don't know. I'm not like Han who rounds down. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know. If that's the case, then they don't necessarily need to be the fucking same year. So this theory has no weight. But then there is, I mean, if it is according to the book that only only uh, people of the dyad can force heal and fucking little green guy force heal, then he has to be part of a dyad. We need the second half. Who can it be? Who can it be now? Do, 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 do. Pop. You know what? Who cares who it is? I really don't care. It, it's right. irrelevant. It's, it's, it's completely irrelevant to me. All right. Well, I know who you. I know what you do care about. Midnowing. Keep going. Yes. Bring home the bounty. Bring home the bounty. Um, that's what my wife usually tells me when I'm at Target. <laughs> but a boom. So bring home the bounty. When you tell her bring home the booty, does she bring home you some booty chips? Uh, no, unfortunately. Some pirates booty. Occasionally. So Disney Lucasfilm announced the bring home the bounty campaign, the merchandise campaign. Merchandising, merchandising, okay. merchandising. Which will in. feature new toys, books, video games, and more that will be announced every week for the next 12 weeks. The last one will be on December 28th, the day before the release of the Book of Boba Fett. The series will serve as inspiration for some of the products, but reference to all the movies as well as the rest of the shows, including Visions, Bad Batch, Mandalorian, are to be expected. Um, so they they did a similar thing. like you know, They did Mando Mondays in the past before. Um, they just they just showed one of the the first thing week one was uh, K- pops of uh, K2SO and Morif, who was the uh, that big white not monster on Jeddah that was with and the they rebels. They didn't use. Yep, he popped in for like split. He was like in the background for a split second, and they made a toy. Um, so there's a whole campaign for Bring Home the Bounty, which they're gonna show and release, and I'm sure it'll be all over the Instagram. Um. That's gonna, you know, pop up on good sites like Yakface and Rebel Scum and all that stuff. Speaking of toys and Star Wars, happy birthday, John Paul Ragusa. Oh, happy birthday, sir. You look great for 77. Good for you. <laughs> uh, he has a great store. Uh, Doc, the name of the store is Castle what? The Imperial Castle. Yes, go and, check and it I'll, out if I'll you guys need more. any stuff. Yes. Actually, I, I I got a show there on a. Where is it? Where in upstate? Uh, somewhere in the Poughkeepsie area, I think. I think I could be wrong. Um. Okay, I might be uh, further further out that day. Anyway, um. Do you like to throw shade at people? Because I know monkeys love, love like to throw poop. poop. But do you like I, to throw shade? I love throwing shade at people. It it makes my day. Have you seen Legos when uh, Star Wars Legos when somebody on Tatooine in front of Watto and he's like, red flags, get your red flags here. And he's trying to sell red flags. And it's about they're they're talking about story points that obviously lead to the demise of Anakin and right in front Mm -hmm. of Watto. You've seen that part? Yes. So red flags are bad, right? Like in soccer? They're bad. All right. Where am I going with this, Doc? Please pick it up. I have no idea where you're going with this, but okay, keep going. All right. Forget it. Latino America, Disney what, Plus. What happened with red flags? I'm I'm getting into it. Latino America, which is an official Disney Plus Twitter account, throws major shade at the Star Wars sequel trilogy while hopping on a popular mean trend. 
Disney Plus Latino America tweets, La última trilogía de Star Wars es la mejor, which means the sequel trilogy Star Wars is the best. And it's followed by a plethora of a red, red flags. flags. I'm, I'm I'm impressed that you that your Spanish is that decent. Like when when you have to wrestle El Dandy, do you guys have to set up your match in Spanish? No, we just um, do it on the fly, man. Mi amigo El Dandy, necesito a pal driver por la corner splash and then a tope suicida y maestro credo. Exactly. <laughs> One of my favorite things, Popeye. I just want to take a, a, a little side here, but as you know, I you know I do a lot of pro wrestling stuff, and I'm in the background. When I watch the American guys talk to Japanese guys about how to set up a match, <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe we do, maybe suplex, maybe you, is me, literally you. exactly like that. Meanwhile, these fucking the, guys speak English perfectly. They fucking work everybody. Funniest things the way they set up a match, hilarious. Oh, definitely, dude, definitely, definitely. Um, Star Wars sculptor. Adds weight to a popular Snoke theory. Did you read this? I did. Um, so there was some chatter about one of the sculptors, don't remember his name, saying that the the basis for the Snoke look was based off of Peter Cushing, and they kind of like you know did some of the the um, the modeling after him, which was a theory that was rolling around at about the time of uh, the. Right, uh, Force Awakens. We have a stroke. Me, no, I'm good. Good. Um, I, I, the more I think about it, do you think it would have been better if that was fucking Tarkin? No, I think it would have been stupid. I mean, do we really need Tarkin to be to be doing this? I mean, the dude fucking blew up in Death Star. Who cares? And how, what's it going to make sense for Tarkin to clone himself? No, I get it, but. Him coming back, I think would have been pretty cool, <laughs> better than what we originally fucking got. I think it was, but I think, him, I think it's all hogwash and bullshit anyway. Yeah, I mean, you could base a character's look on another character, but I don't know. It kind of makes sense that uh, that that Palpatine made Snoke look very similar to Tarkin because he respected Tarkin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here's here's the, here's the other bullshit. I mean, I remember reading things back then where it's like. Oh, maybe it's um, Mace Windu, and maybe it's this guy, and maybe it's his Palpatine, and maybe it is Tarkin. I mean, and like you know, the problem is is that if you have eight hundred fan theories, one of them is eventually going to be fucking correct, just just by the sheer number of things that are going to happen. So uh, it doesn't impress me at all, and I really think it's all a bunch of nonsense. But that's so just it's me. Not over with you then. It's definitely fucking not over with me. And speaking. Of over. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we do a segment here called Who's Moreover. Now, before you get your fucking self in a pickle and your panties in a bunch, what that means is we use wrestling lingo to describe this segment. And over in wrestling means being popular with the fans. So when a wrestler is over, he's well-liked or well-hated, depending on if he's the babyface or the heel. Either which way you're popular. Either which way people are going to pay a lot of scarol to come see you get your ass kicked or you're going to kick some ass. So what we do in this show, we compare two aspects of Star Wars. Person, place, thing, doesn't matter. And we see what is more over, who is more over with you, the folks. Most importantly, who's more over with us. So Doc, 
I'm going to title this one an NFO unsanctioned <laughs> who's moreover. Please let them know who the participants are. So as, as Papa Don's alluding to right now, um, I went a little rogue this week and we you know had chatted about what we we're going to do for over the segment. There's some ideas out there. I really didn't like any of them. And I got this great idea. I don't know where it came from. Probably the depths of my black soul that I was going to take Papa Don's all time favorite character. Literally of all time in the Star Wars universe, the scamp known as Han Solo, and pit him against none other than Han Solo. Uh, uh, and you heard that right, ladies and gentlemen. Not a trick, not a hoax, as they say in the Marvel comic books. This week on Who's More Over. Yeah, shut your mouth. I'm getting whispered by the wife. Shh, I'll fuck you later. Don't worry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this week on who's more over she always seems to come during over that's because i get her over um it's <laughs> it's young han solo from the ot trilogy Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3720 to one never tell me the odds Versus old man Han Solo from the sequel trilogy. The flooding tunnel's over that ridge. We'll get in that way. What was your job when you were based here? Sanitation. Sanitation? Then how do you know how to disable the shields? I don't. I'm just here to get Ray. People are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. Oh, really? You're cold? Come on. So in this unsanctioned NFO, the first ever unsanctioned NFO who's more over battle, what do the polls say, Doc? Let's go to the polls. So the polls on Facebook. As my phone loads. Oh, there goes Neil, Neil Adams. How are you doing, Neil Adams? Okay. All right, here we go. Ooh, interestingly enough, 100% on Facebook to 0%. Old Han Solo is over. What? Adam DeG- Sorry, I'm, I'm talking about OT Trilogy, Han Solo is over. My bad. Oh, oh. I'm old, I meant like, you Are you know, trying to steal the election like Biden? <laughs> 83 old. All right. Adam DeJane says, would younger Han be Aaron Ironreich or whatever? Glad he's not on here, though. I like how he at least got wiser with age, so I'll put older over. Oh, so then if he puts older over, then that's a 50-50. Oh, yeah, 50-50. Hold on. Let's go, let's go to the um, oh, wrong wrong account. i got too many fucking Instagram accounts. That's the hot chick account. All right, going to uh, the book of uh, Instagrammals. Han Solo. Oh, Papa Don, you're not going to like this? Old Han Solo. From the sequel trilogy, over fifty-five to forty-five percent. Hmm. People like the, the grizzled Han Solo. Interesting. Well, uh, let's go to the Sith Force Ghost in the room. Spiro, what's more with you, uh, young Sparky Han or Saggy Balls Han? This one's actually tough, man. Um, man, how do you choose between? old 
and younger Han Solo. I don't know, man. Um, both have had memorable moments. I mean, you know, I think Han Solo was part of the two best scenes of uh, the sequel trilogy. So how do you, you know, how do you vote here? I mean, you know, the whole Han shot first. I don't know, man. There's um, Han Solo's probably is probably the guy who's had the best lines, the best scenes. At least that's how I'm remembering it right now. I don't know, man. But old Han Solo is the one that's fresh in the mind. Old Han Solo is the one that got us in the fields and stole the entire sequel trilogy. In The Rise of Skywalker with his brief appearance, cameo, whatever you want to call it. So, oh man, you know, it could go either way. You know, for me, it's a draw. But for the sake of the segment, fuck man. I'm going to have to go with, with old Han Solo just for the fact that, that it's... The more recent and, you know, it's his scene, his return was what got us in the fields and what stole the movie was definitely the best scene of uh, The Rise of Skywalker. So I'm going to go with old Han Solo. <laughs> that was great, Spiro. That was great. Good job. Uh, who goes first this week? Who talks first? I talk first. You talk first. Uh, talk? I am going to give this one to you, my friend, because... Uh... I would not like to color or take away any of the things that you're going to say with my opinion. Uh, a couple weeks ago, fucking Spiro said no contest, so I'm going to say no contest. Next. Uh, bullshit. I'm not <laughs> letting you do that. No way. Pick one. Let's all go. Right, all right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. <sighs> it's like Sophie's Choice, I know. It's difficult, and I'll tell you why. It's two different versions of the same character, right? One, in the OT, you can say he's finding himself after being grizzled all these years, right? He got his hope back. He found his smile again, quote unquote. And in this, in the sequel trilogy, because he lost his son, he ran away and he was a man lost and went back to the only thing he knew how to do to keep himself occupied I'm fucking going batshit crazy or postal. No offense, Spiro. Um, and that's fucking smuggling. Now, as much as I love Han Solo, as much as I loved him in the OT trilogy, the problem is, and I thought about this very, very deeply this week, the problem is the OT trilogy is fantastic on every fucking level. Whether minus Ewoks and Second Death Star. Not that it was bad, but what originally was planned was in my opinion was better. So you had the princess, you had the fucking the Jedi, you had you, you know the, the old crazy sorcerer. You had the fucking Wookiee, you had fucking narrators, or um, C-3PO and fucking R2-D2, you had fucking Darth Vader, you had 
Palpatine. You had fucking Stormtroopers. Uh, Lando. Every aspect of Star Wars added so much levity, so much weight, that it was like a fucking grand buffet. It's like when you go to the fucking Brazilian steakhouses and you got to flip over the green or red mm. thing, but they keep bringing you out more meat and it's fucking just as good as the last piece. And some, and it keeps coming and coming and coming and you can't say no because you know it's going to fucking be delicious. That's the OT trilogy. And to say that Han kind of gets lost in the mix would not be an understatement because everybody got lost in the mix. Because the OT trilogy, for as great as it is, Nobody outshines the overall aspect of Star Wars. You understand what I mean? Yes. People like like in the way WWE books, they go see WWE. They don't go see like back in the day, you'd go see Bruno versus Pedro at the Garden or Bruno versus Koloff or Bruno versus Hanson at the Garden. You didn't go see the WWF. You went to go see Bruno in the main event. Now you go see the WWE, right? So whoever's in the card, it doesn't fucking matter. You're going to go see the whole enchilada, the whole grand spectacle. That was the OT trilogy. Old Man Han stole the fucking show. And Old Man Han carried that entire first movie on his back. To the point where when he died, you could say that was the dip in the comeback and it led to a good fight scene. But then it got the torch got passed to Luke and the greatest ending of Star Wars ever, the cliffhanger. The literal cliffhanger. So Han made that movie what it was. And if Han wasn't in that movie, and if Harrison Ford didn't act his ass off and make that fucking old man Han great, that movie would have been the shits. So I'm going to go old man Han. Wow. I didn't see that one coming at all. Uh, great point. I mean, it's really true that he was really the glue that put that movie together. And he was the, sh- the star of that movie, despite the fact that they were trying to, you know, push the new characters in there and then that agenda from there. Um, when you look at the OT trilogy and you see um, the, you know, the point you made about that, no one really was, you know, we had stars, but we didn't, but no one was, completely outshining the other people that were on there the ensemble was really what made that thing and it came you come it made you come back for more um and it was because of the rich character development because of the princess layers because of the chewbacca's the three po's r2d2's the luke's and especially the han solo's because he was that character who from the beginning you didn't know where his allegiances lie you saw it happen you know develop more and more in his arc where he was this you know uh pirate that became this hero um, definitely was showcased extremely well by George in the OT trilogy. Um, and his, his arcs, like another reason why you love him is because his arc is one of your favorites in, in, in that, in that, in that, in those movies. And because he is played by a f- probably the most seasoned actor that they shade of, you know, short of Alec Guinness on that roster who really knows his craft well. Um, and made things funny and made things exciting and made things, uh, you know, you could step into the Han Solo shoes very, very easily because of who he was. Um, he was that crazy uncle or your older brother. Him in Force Awakens, like you said, was the exact perfect thing. He was most assuredly the, the reason why that movie was successful and held it all together. His funny quips, his funny lines, 
you know, all that shit that he said was was and did was great. That's not the way the force works. That's not the way the force works. Mm. We'll go there. We'll use the force. Um, and then his death was also poignant and pivotal and really like helped to push the story along um, from where we were. And you could see his pain about losing a son and going from there again because they wrote a very rich character and Han is just so, um, you know, so Han and Harrison acts him so well. So for me, difficult choice this week, but I'm going to say it's a tie. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. It's a tie. It doesn't count. <laughs> anyway, Pick moving one. on. Uh, I'm going to have to go just body of work. OT Han Solo. Okay, very cool. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you guys can send an email to newforceorder.yahoo.com regarding this segment or any other segment. Um, I checked the email address recently, and we didn't get any emails regarding this fucking uh, topic. Battle. Yeah, so it's kind of weird because usually you would get a few, and uh, I was hoping Brandon Miller would chime in or maybe even fucking Tim Gilroy would make a fucking comeback, but uh, no, I know what's your name. The sisters, or she's not even the sisters. She's the dark side diva. Uh, Holly Garland didn't chime in and try to fucking make verbal uh, insults at me over Han versus Han. But it's no, all good. It's it's it's, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a busy week, I guess. Where where is everybody? Where the fuck's everyone been? I, I, mean, I can we... tell you whether or not they're not at Comic Con where I was dressed as the, as Jedi's with my family. Was that empty? Exactly. It was pretty empty. But Did, it, was there anything Star Wars related there? Uh, Hayden Christensen was there signing autographs and taking photos. Oh, people were mentioning how young he still looks. I guess from fucking uh, dipping out of Hollywood and no stress, yeah, living exactly. on your own. I mean, if you look at him up close, he doesn't look that that young. I mean, he's not black that he's not cracking. You know, he's, he's in his forties right now. Still looks good. You know, they took him on some trip to the Empire State Building. You know, he was doing some photos and some promo bullshit. Uh, I did not run into him. I did not go over to where he was at. I did not want to wait in the. You know, X amount of hours long line with the fangirls who were like, you know, finger blasting themselves as they were waiting in line for him. So they could rub it against the glass that they were separated by. Meanwhile, you're going up to the glass and licking it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that tastes like Ewok. <laughs> uh, we do a segment here called From a Certain Point of View, ladies and gentlemen, where we take a line, an aspect, a character, meant something the first time you saw it. Now it means something completely different. So I saw this article and it made me go, oh, like Scooby-Doo. Um, and the article says Palpatine's lightsaber expertise in the prequels completely changed his Return of the Jedi role. Now he's saying, well, what do you mean? Well, when we saw him in Return of the Jedi, he wasn't one to dabble with a lightsaber. They envisioned him as this almighty fucking be all end all end of level fucking 100 boss in a video game where his underlings have to use lightsabers he's much more powerful he had forced lightning and what and obviously many other powers too um people are now saying that because he did his little deal with the lightsaber battle in episode three that it made him cheaper that he had to rely on a lightsaber um, and they should have left him not use a lightsaber and be the only guy in, with force powers not to use a lightsaber. To, it would make him stand out and make his character better. To that I say, no, 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 no. 
unlimited power. <laughs> Look, in this business of professional wrestling, you have guys who are body guys. You have guys who are good technicians. And then you guys who are good talkers. Very rarely do you find the total package. Not Lex Luger, because he wasn't the total package. But very rarely do you find guys that can do all three. Not to toot my own horn, but... Like Shawn Michaels is one of those guys. Toot, toot, right? Shawn Michaels is definitely one of those guys. Mike Verna, definitely one of those guys. Uh, yeah, he can cut a good promo. You know? Is he... Uh, Tony Nese starting to become one of those guys. Um, your boy GGP is definitely one of those guys. Now, do I have the greatest physique in wrestling? No. I have a weird physique. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you know? But that's also because I'm clean. Anyhow. Um, I've, I've seen your balls in the locker room. I wouldn't say you're clean, buddy. What are you talking about? <laughs> you're they the you know, they were bouncing off your chin. Yeah, again, I was waiting for it. The person I think I've seen the most naked in a locker room is fucking Sammy Callahan. It's, it's not a good sight. But anyway. Really? Yeah. Dude just like drops a trial like, at, the, at, the, at the drop of a hat. It's fucking Ohio people, huh? Uh, anyhow. Um, I think him dueling with the lightsaber and showing that he is a skilled duelist adds to his... Cunning linguist. <laughs> his... Adds to his fucking repertoire of powerfulness because it shows that he can hang with them if he needs to use a lightsaber. And it made the perfect sense because if he just went out there and started blasting motherfuckers with lightning left and right, up and down, he just shows his fucking ace card, right? At that point in time, that was like his biggest power, right? You can't start off at 100 and work your way down, you got to build your way up. So, to me, him using the lightsaber makes him even more of a threat, not less of a threat. What about you, Doc? Um, so, I read this article, and I was like, oh, this is really a right point for a certain point of view. And you were already all over it when we opened the show to talk about it. Because um, I think it's it's it's, a, it's an interesting topic, and, and it is a, a good a jump-on point. So we see him in Empire Strikes Back, sorry, Return of the Jedi, and he is doesn't have a lightsaber. He takes the lightsaber right and almost laughs at it. Oh, you want this? Oh. Rubbing it like a, you know, a sex toy. Um, you do the same thing with your penis to your wife. Exactly. You want this? Oh. <laughs> Why am I wearing the Padme outfit? Shut up, woman! You're messing things up! I told her I was going to poke a hole in the bottom of it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that's what the capes for to, to hide my penis going inside of you anyway um so he, he doesn't use the lightsaber at all when he could have you know why he's threatened by vader he could have definitely pulled it out but i think at that point in his career he didn't need to you know he didn't need to use that finish he had a different finish um because he was beyond that and he was all powerful and he was um not going to uh you know he didn't pull like you know the you know, I walked around the cane. He had to pull the lightsaber out of the cane trick, like the sword, like, you know, Grandpa has. Yeah. Um, so, which was interesting because he relied on it heavily during the, you know, that fight that he had with the, the Jedi in his, in his council room. It's the only time, that time, and we him gets Yoda is when we see him do it. And he's pretty masterful with it. Um, 
I think it would have been difficult for him to duel Yoda if he didn't have a lightsaber. But I do think that it would probably in my brain have been better if he would have killed the four Jedi that were four, four or five Jedi that showed up to his office without using a lightsaber because he would have knocked out. I mean, he knocked out the, you know, two or three of them, Saish Tin and the Indian guy and the other dude pretty much immediately. I mean, he, they were dead within one strike and that could have been done with, you know, force pushes. He could have done force crush. He could have, you know, knocked, you know, some of them. He had all these adornments inside the, the, uh, the the office and you know it would be cool if he would have just force pushed two of them into like the swords that was sticking out of one of the fucking statues and piked them on there that would have surprised them force lightning somebody else and he could have definitely went toe-to-toe with mace with force lightning without using the lightsaber which i think would have been good because then when he whips it out against yoda you're like what the fuck this motherfucker knows how to use lightsaber too so then it lessens it's you know the pop is bigger when that comes out from there so um I think there is some weight to this thing where he moved beyond the lightsaber at some point. Um, but I think he should have only used it one time versus Yoda because that would have made that moment a little more exciting. Hmm. I see your point of view. And oddly enough, I agree with you. You sold me. Sweet. You sold me. But then what would happen with Windu? He would have to combat him with the fucking light with the with the uh with the lightsaber in order to throw the fight. He can't fucking throw the fight if he's too powerful. Well, I mean, he 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 could have struck him down with a lightsaber. Like he could have hit him and grazed him and you know hurt him enough to put him down um while he's fighting Windu with the force lightning and Windu's doing the same gimmick where he's kind of blocking it and then using uh, like he'd like like Vader did with Luke in Empire Strikes Back. He was throwing stuff at him like yeah, but the, the, the only problem is, the only problem is that Windu had Windu beat him in the duel yep. and was standing over him with the saber to his face, ready to strike him down because he's too dangerous to live. The problem is to get to point B from point A, you need that lightsaber duel to knock him on the floor to get him all hyped up to get him angry enough to the point where he wants to slice him down and go against the jedi moral code but the issue being that is if he's only using force lightning or using fucking force pushes or whatever windu could just slice him with one slice right there and call it self-defense and then the movie's over you know what i mean they had to put him in a vulnerable state and without using a lightsaber he wouldn't get into that vulnerable state because he wouldn't have shown that he gotten beaten. Yeah, I think he could, he could, he could have still thrown the fight based off of that. Again, like you know, got, something of him got clipped, his face got clipped, or you know, he, there's some. You remember how the emperor like goes from being uh, Senator Palpatine to this old emperor? You know, they could have explained it a little bit more there, where he gets like a backlash of force lightning in his face because Mace, you know, does the tornado twister and fucking smashes the lightning and hits him back in the in the mug. And now this is the reason why he's old, old and disfigured. Um, I, I could, I, I could have, I could, I could have wrote myself out of that one. And then we see the lightsaber for the first time during the Yoda duel. Gotcha. Instead of the, you know, spinny, spinning <laughs> that he does on the Jedi. <laughs> anyway, it would have, it would have been something good. But again, he he grew past it. Well, let's didn't, ask. Didn't let's need ask, it anymore. Let's ask the Sith ghost in the room, Spiro. What's your take on this? Since you are a Sith uh, aficionado. I don't think it cheapens him. Um, the fact that he has that that tool set, that 
that skill, you know. Um, how would I categorize, how would I categorize uh, Chief Palpatine? You know, is he a Sith? He wasn't an assassin. He wasn't an inquisitor. Uh, Sith Marauder? No. He was, I would have to say, a Sith, a Sith, Sith, Jesus fucking Christ, a Sith, something between a Sith Sorcerer and a Sith Alchemist, probably more of a Sith Alchemist, I don't know, man, but, um, you know, that class of Sith, the Sorcerer and the Alchemist are not primarily known for their lightsaber expertise or skills, but he handled it fucking well, man, we've seen him kick ass, we've seen him take on some of the, you know, top lightsaber duelist in uh star wars and come out on top you know we saw what he did in the prequels we saw what he did in um the uh the clone wars series um you know when he fought against maul and savage i mean so the guy's fucking powerful as fuck but he can still wield a lightsaber with the best of them you know um hey man he he pretty much took out Yoda. So I don't think it cheapens him. I don't think it cheapens him. I think it adds. It adds to him. It should add. Um, that's just another layer, man, of how badass that motherfucker was. You know? Um, you know, fucking... He's like the ultimate villain, man. He's the ultimate mastermind. You know, he's... You know, he's not a one-trick pony. Uh, so, no, I don't think it cheapens him. You know? Um, yeah. Oh, interesting take, Spiro. Very interesting take. Um, Doc, you have anything else you want to add? I think we are done, my friend. Let's get the fuck yeah, Let's, let's, let's go home. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Spiro, let them know where we can find you at. Yeah, man, it's been great. But you can also find me, God knows where the fuck, aside from work these days. But if, but check out the Rational Rage Network. Uh, have you know? There's other guys doing doing things there. Uh, you got wrestling shows. You got fucking doomsday prepper shows. Uh, on Instagram, Spiro underscore A, Darth underscore Spiridon, and that's it, guys. Doc, you're up. Find me at Doctor Dr underscore destroyo d-e-s-t-r-r-o-y-o instagram alex Royo, md on twitter alex Royo on facebook and you can find me tomorrow night the battle of brooklyn kickboxing mma event that we're having in coney island come on down see me on stage taking care of these dopes who get punched in the face for a living you can find me at Greek God Papadon on Instagram and Twitter. Demetrius Papadon on Facebook. Greek God Papadon is the YouTube channel. Please like Subscribe, hit the notification bell, comment. I just posted up a couple of new promos that I recently did. I got to post up more stuff. Um, you can find me October 30th at Immortal Championship Wrestling, where the Alpha and Omega Inevitable Tour makes its next stop, and I defend my three championships against Slick Wagner Brown. Then on the 6th of November, I am not taking the Alpha Omega Inevitable Tour to Virginia. Uh, where I will be fighting Philip Brown for the VCW, the Virginia Championship Wrestling, U.S. Liberty Championship. So I'm looking to add that 
piece of jewelry to my collection and make it four titles, not three. And then you could find me uh, the 13th of November uh, where TWA is coming back to New Jersey, where I will be in the main event fighting Sean Carr. And then on the 20th, I'm going back to Immortal for their November show. My opponent's yet to be announced. But either which way, I'm going to whoop his ass because that's what I do. Uh, but enough about the wrestling. Thank you for joining us tonight. Hopefully we entertained you and enlightened you. It was a very heavy episode with a lot of opinions, a lot of facts, a lot of news articles. And, uh, you know, I hope we did our job. And our job is to get Star Wars more over with you, the fans, and not get ourselves over on the expense of Star Wars. So with that being said, this has been another episode of the New for Soda for Life. And that's just too sweet. Henceforth, you shall be known as the new force order. No!